Are you ready to elevate your life this year? If so, this is the podcast for you. Hello, I'm Melina Putnam, the CEO of Chicks in Charge, and each week here in the coop, I'll be talking to boss chicks on how to level up in every area of your life. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Coop Chicks in Charge podcast, where we are diving back into our Read and Lead book club series. Every week, we are talking about a different book that we've read in our Chicks in Charge leadership group. And today, we have a really impactful book that I think every listener will be able to resonate with. And joining me on today's chat is our boss chick, Meredith Cincy Cruz, who is a sexual health consultant. And boy, just by saying that, you know, there's a lot of myths that come up, good girl myths around that topic. So if you are listening and you have little ears around, this might be one that you want to save and listen when it can just be you or pop your uh, ear pods in so that you can have uh, some just safety there in some of the words, because you know what, we want this to be a raw and deep uh, conversation. And so Meredith, thank you so much for jumping into the coop with me today. Thank you so much for having me. This book was, I know we touched on it yesterday, but just divine timing for me to get to listen to this book. I did do the audiobook version and just right out of the gate, she spoke my language. She was talking to me directly. So I definitely got a lot out of this book. Okay. Very good. Okay. So listeners and then viewers on our YouTube channel, we are talking about Break the Good Girl Myth by Maho Malfino. And she is, she's really done a great job of breaking down these myths and so that we can identify them in ourselves. And the idea is that we can look at some of the conditioning that we've had. So I wanted to ask you, Meredith, what what was a good girl myth that came up from you, perhaps from your childhood? And then did you already know and break that already? Or was it something that you identified from the book? Okay, so this is where I directly related to the author because I too am a child of someone who was not born in the United States. Um, My father was born in Puerto Rico. Spanish is his first language. And when he came to stateside, he was able to, you know, join the Air Force and go to college. And it was a really big deal for him. And so obviously, you know, raising children here, he was like education number one. And the myth of perfection has been following me since day one and just really living up to standards that I feel were set outside of me, but really internalized very quickly. So, you know, getting all the best grades, being top performer in everything I did. And unfortunately, that has manifested to um, me being a recovering perfectionist. So just really working hard to try to break that myth. Yeah. Oh, that, that's so good. And I think that that's something that a lot of women can resonate with because we feel like Mm -hmm. if we already feel like we're behind and we want to catch up and be as good as, or make as much money as our male 
counterparts or perhaps in your family setting, the boys in your family, whatever the case may be. I like that she breaks this down into the different types of myths that there are so that we can take a look at this and go, wow, like, do I still feel that way? And am I passing that on to my children or or having that assumption about other women out there? And so I think the thing that came up for me whenever I read the book was, because I was raised by my grandparents. So then you're talking about a generation skip. So they were children of the depression. And so very much old fashioned sort of beliefs and grew up in a very traditional home where, you know, my father, like, so it'd be my grandfather. So my grandfather worked, my grandmother stayed at home with us and raised us. And so I remember thinking as a child, is she happy doing that? Because once in a while she would say things like, well, if I could, I'd own a restaurant or, you know, these different things would come up. And I thought as a little girl, well, why can't you do that? Because I would see other women out there working, but there were a lot of stay at home moms. And so again, that's wonderful. If that's a choice for you, I just remember that thinking, was that something that was just put upon her because it was expected of women in her time, you know, women that were born in the 20s, 30s, all that, and that she didn't have expectations that she could really fulfill all of her dreams. Whereas here we are two, three, now four generations later, sometimes that women believe that we can achieve our dreams, but yet there's still that conditioning out there. And there's lots of other myths in here too. A couple of others that thought about being in the the beauty myth that so good girls have to be nice and we hate the word nice, right? How do you feel about the word nice? <laughs> I do not like the word nice. I am not a nice girl. I'm not a mean girl because that's a completely different topic. But yeah, nice girls finish last in my book. Um, you got to kick the door in. You got to show them that you're there. Well, and I think a great substitute for the word nice, because I remember my grandmother saying it, and I probably said it to my kids too, be nice, you know, be nice, be nice. But then when we really look at that connotation and break the word down is what we really mean is to be kind. kind. And if we're saying nice, that can sometimes mean that you are not going to use your voice and that you're not going to stand up maybe for your your boundaries and that sort of thing. So I remember that that definitely came up um, in my childhood. The other thing is that good girls dress nicely and that you had to look a certain way when you left the house. And I remember as I became a teenager, I remember my grandfather occasionally saying, are you going to leave the house like that? You know, that there was just this expectation that we had to be neat and tidy and, and all that. And so that was another one where I thought for years, I thought, oh, I can't leave the house if I don't, you know, put my, put my lipstick on or whatever. So that was another one. Could you think of another myth or good girl thing that came up for you? So what really hit me hard was when she was talking about relationships and specifically, and it, it dinged in my head. I immediately bookmarked it. Um, being in the relationships that are good on paper and oh my gosh, I remember specifically saying those words to my now ex-husband, you are good on paper. And Oh my gosh. Like when I released myself from being in 
the good relationship, my world opened up. And I really feel like this chapter of my life is where I've become my more authentic self, just letting go of that myth alone. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good one. You're right. because And then, then that is put upon us that to have the right type of friends, the right type of associations and the right type of a romantic relationship, which it could be completely different than what you're naturally attracted to, your personality type. Yeah, Meredith, that's a good one. You know, so one of the things that she, how she breaks down these these myths it's and she has a test that you could do in the book to see which one most fits you is rules perfection logic harmony and sacrifice so when we look at those i know i also had that uh, the perfectionistic piece was really big for me because since I was raised by my grandparents, I did feel like that I needed to be the good girl with the good grades. And that if I made all the right decisions, then they would still take care of me because I thought, you know, my, since I wasn't raised by my biological parents, which it was their set. So there were my paternal grandparents, but I just had that feeling of like, well, you better not mess up because, you know, if you if they don't want to raise you, then I'm going to be in a foster home or something like that. So, so that was always there too. So it was almost like a a double, double dose there because I was getting it from a little piece of trauma, but then also from knowing that good girls should do that, that good girls don't argue. And now, wow, we know that we need to amplify our voices. And that's my word of the year this year is amplify, which is one reason why I wanted to do this podcast too, because even if one person that's listening out there gives yourself permission to defend your point and raise your voice and whether whether you're angry about it and passionate about it or whether you're going to do it and you're more naturally have a, a calm tone about it, it doesn't matter. Like do it however you need to, but just do it. Yes. And Meredith, I love that that's what you do being a sexual health consultant, because we know in these myths that there there is definitely and probably still to some degree, the myth that good girls don't have sex, enjoy sex uh, and have self-pleasure. All of those. I mean, what are some of the things that you most see come up in those myths about sexuality and women? All of the above. Oh my gosh. Like when I talk about why I do what I do, that's it right there. Because all of those things are internalized within me. And it took me being a consultant and learning what I've learned for myself to then go talk to others to realize, oh my gosh, we're all exactly the same. We're all just wanting to break out of this box and be enjoying of our intimate experiences, be present, um, have a say. Uh, I did not ever believe that I had a say in my intimate experiences and that greatly shaped um, my dating life and the partnerships that I was in. Whereas now I have more of that education and empowerment to say, no, no, this is for me. I need to be involved. 
I need to um, feel what's right for me. And then I can turn around and tell other women, no, no, it's so much better on the other side. All you have to do is do what's best for you and educate yourself on you. And then your partner will follow along, follow along with you. Oh, that's so important. You know, I remember growing up and the other part of this is that I was raised Catholic. So you've got that on there. And Same. Catholic guilt <laughs> is, is, a, is a real thing, you know, oh, yeah. is that as, as we grow then, and now we look out at other people's experiences, if we think that it's selfish to have pleasure and not just in the bedroom, but in life in general, if women believe that good girl myth of that, as she talks about in the book, it's all about sacrifice. Then if we're putting ourselves last, our needs last, our wants last, and we have that martyr syndrome, then we've got a lot of work to do because we don't want to get to the end of our lives and think, wow, you know, I didn't get to fulfill this dream. And then in the in the intimate intimacy department, I was not satisfied. I mean, go through that whole list. And that's why I think this book is really important because it is asking ourselves, what have you been fed that may not resonate with you? And how can you break through that conditioning? She says, the heroine's journey is about reclaiming ourselves and particularly our feminine power. So when you hear that word feminine power, what comes up for you? Oh my gosh. Like I, I get the visualization of that warrior woman. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Wonder Woman pose, but as someone with social anxiety and just general anxiety, I have to throw up the Wonder Woman pose all the time. Yes, there it is. So that I, I feel like a powerful woman. And having to speak in front of people as a career, although I love it, it still scares me to death. And so you will frequently see me like throwing up my Wonder Woman pose because I have to embody that strong woman who's going to present authentically. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You know, whether it's whatever it is we want in life, having the power to ask for it and believe that you deserve whatever it is that you want. And so many women are so afraid to ask because if we've been told you get what you get, don't throw a fit, Mm -hmm. then what if we're just getting crumbs? And so I think the purpose of this podcast is to say, we don't want you to have crumbs in any other area of your life. You know, and, and then that goes right into another big topic for us, which would be money. And being that the good girls don't talk about money or good girls don't show that you have money, it's almost like they just want us to, you know, sit with our, you know, feet on the ground and quiet. Don't say anything that's going to ruffle any feathers. Don't show that you have power of any sort and don't show that you have uh, money, make money, talk about money. And we know that why would we not talk about money? Why would people tell you to not talk about it? It's because they don't want us to have power. They don't want us to ask questions about it, dig in and say, well, why is that? So I would ask all of our listeners, do you have full access to your finances? You know, that that's a big thing. And, you know, last month, well, February domestic violence awareness month. And one of the things is financial abuse. And, 
if, if we have a partner that tells us what we can spend, can't spend, but also they could be telling us, well, we don't have money, but yet they seem to be mm-hmm. buying plenty of things and we don't. And let me tell you, because we have a senior VP of finance at a big bank and she has 40 years of experience of listening to women talk about all the times that they find out that their their husband had a secret life. They had another mm-hmm. bank account. And again, I'm not saying that women don't also do this occasionally, but for the most part, again, traditionally with the patriarchy, it has been, and it's only been since the seventies that women could even have the okay. financial power that we have now. And it's, you know, slowly, slowly growing and improving. But before then, goodness, you had to have a man, um, sign a note for you to have financing. And the fact that now that we can have uh, our own credit cards and our own checking accounts and we can have a business without having a man on board, those are things that we, that maybe the younger generation don't know that that is, that's fairly new in our society. Mm -hmm. And so being able to talk about money is so important. And that's why we like to talk about that in Chicks in Charge too, to say, what are your goals? And, you know, think bigger. And if there is that glass ceiling, let's, let's break it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So what were some of the other myths that popped up that were so that harmony, you find in it, the work that you Perfection of rules were my top two and reading through okay. the book and reading through those, I instantly knew those were going to be my top two. I am a rule follower because I want to be perfect. That that's been my message growing up, but in my current stage of life, I'm seeing a lot of harmony still popping up. And that's one that I have broken before. It's just showing up in a new way now because I'm living in a new stage of life. So now I have my partner living nearby full time, whereas that did not used to be the case. So it's, am I getting my needs met, but also am I being heard? So finding ways to make sure that I'm heard without ruffling feathers, I guess you could say, and making sure that I'm not falling back into that myth of harmony. And I'm still saying what needs to be said when it needs to be said. Oh, that's really good. And it's interesting because we may think that we're doing really well in one area. And then, like you said, a new life circumstance comes up and then we have to revisit it. And that can be really hard. What she says here in the myth of harmony, so this is chapter seven in the book, when we don't speak up in the moment because we prioritize others, reactions over our own needs and desires, we make sacrifices that aren't worth it. And so she's saying, what sacrifices have you made in the past in order to maintain or create harmony? And we know that we do that even in healthy relationships. We do that because, yes, sometimes we do need to look at things and say, is this a small issue? Is this a bigger issue? You know, how much do I want to keep the peace? We want to be emotionally intelligent about dealing with others' emotions too. Um, But I like that she says here, we need a healthy dose of friction to have authentic relationships. And one of the things that we found in studying relationships, and I know you deal with this every day in your line of work, is 
that uh, it's actually good to have some conflict. If there's no conflict, then it probably means that those people have buried things because they have such a dislike for conflict that they'll just go along with whatever's happening, even if it's against what they really want. Have you found that? Yes. And that is so unfulfilling. So please, if you are living in that box, please step out of it. Um, Cause yeah, it can get boring. Those are the words that I hear boring, stale. And I almost just want to say like, just kick the door open talk about your feelings. And I guarantee that little buzz of electricity will happen so fast that it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, she says, when we keep our secrets buried inside, the shame behind them only grows and festers while bringing them into the light dissipates their power. So to your point, if you say, ask for something you want or say, I want to try this in the relationship What's the worst thing that could happen? I mean, if they say no, then let's ask, why is that? Why do you feel that way? Because the only thing that's going to happen is that you'll never know if you never ask and bring it up. And I know it can be difficult or uncomfortable to talk about new things in your life that you want, whatever area of of the relationship you're talking about. But I think that that there's so much power in that of just being okay with bringing up what you want. And, and it could end up being so much better than what we expect. Yes, absolutely. So let's go over here. The chapter eight, the myth of sacrifice. I think this one is so big for women because we do Mm -hmm. have that martyr complex. And even if you read the headlines about motherhood, it's often like if you're that we appreciate moms because of their sacrifice, but then that also means that we're not letting them have all the other things that they want in life that we're saying, you're a good mom because you sacrifice. Why can't you be a good mom? Because you do serve your family, but you're also going for your dreams and setting that example. Mm-hmm. The, the Mom motherhood role. Their- yeah, go ahead. The motherhood role is so big. And I have been personally breaking out of that myth. I raised my children by myself and I learned a couple of years ago, this is fairly recent, that if I'm not pouring into me, I can't pour into them. And Amen. when I over-sacrifice, I break down and I'm not a great mom. So that came to light very quickly when I learned I have to put up that boundary and I have to pour into myself first. Yeah, that's so important. So I hope that our listeners who are caregivers of any sort, whether it's your parents or maybe you're at the stage where you're taking care of your parents because we're in that sandwich generation time. Um, So this book is so, so important, I think, for us to take a look at overcoming some of those myths. And she talks about the journey of integration and she talks about overcoming our myths, but then there are hidden strengths to each of them. So she's saying how you integrate those myths and transform our relationships from good girl conditioning in a positive way if, as you're walking toward wholeness. So what would you define as wholeness and how you go from the conditioning to feeling like you're a whole woman with agency and, and going for what you want in life? 
I'm going to say that's an everyday struggle. You know, you have to wake up with that mindset of I'm going to live today for me first and foremost, and then just seeing where that comes up. So maybe um, you're making sure that you stick to those self-care rituals that she was talking about with um, bookending things that you are doing for yourself and making sure that you don't sacrifice in that area. And then when little myths start to pop up, really investigating what's causing them to pop up. Where are they coming from? Is this something that we can move through quickly? And just be really mindful. She talks a lot about mindfulness. How does it feel in the body? And just be aware of yourself throughout the day. And you can really break down those myths and use them to your power. Yeah, I love that so much. And there, there's so much power just in education and knowing that 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 we deserve to be able to go for our dreams, to speak our minds, to uh, have the power to control our finances, our business, um, being able to parent the way that we want to parent, to be able to have our voice and our relationship so that that looks and feels like what we want. I thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today, Meredith. And For all of our listeners, if you want to connect with Meredith, we're putting her information in the show notes. I know that she would be happy to talk some more about this topic um, and intimacy in general and uh, sexual health. And I'm I'm so glad that there are women out you like you out there that believe in sharing this information and helping us realize that there is another way, a better way, and that we deserve to feel good inside and out. And so thank you so much for what you do, Meredith. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This was a great book for me and it came at the perfect time. So thank you so much. Very good. All right, listeners, listeners, we have the information in our show notes. If you want to find out more about this book, Break the Good Girl Myth, and come back next week, uh, we'll be talking about the power of one more. And so we can't wait to bring that to you. And remember that uh, chicks who flock together rock together. So we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure and like, subscribe, and share the love to keep our community growing. Learn more about our online coop at chicksincharge.club, and we hope to see you again next week. Remember, chicks who flock together, rock together. Love yourself and love one another.